Hey guys, thanks for joining us today. One of the things that energizes our teams the most is being able to hear stories of lives that are impacted by this ministry. We would love for you to share your story with us by emailing it to stories at newcommunity.co or maybe your next step to getting connected to what God is doing in this ministry is partnering with us financially. You can do that online at www.newcommunity.co or through the PushPay app and find the giving option that works best for you. Thanks so much for tuning in and enjoy today's message. Well, good morning, NCC. It's good to see each of you here this morning. I'm so glad that you're joining us. And if you're our guest, once again, if this is your first time or if you're watching online for the first time, we want to welcome you. My name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at New Community Church. And we're so glad that you're with us. And one of our prayers for you this morning, if you're new, is that you would feel welcomed here. We want NCC to be a place where you can belong. And so whether you're just starting off and you're asking questions about church and who Jesus is, or whether you've been serving um, and following after Christ for a number of years, we want this to be a place where it feels like you're coming home and where it's family. And we want to help you grow in your relationship with God. And you've picked a great Sunday to come on. Um, We're kicking off this brand new series called Acts. And ever since September, we've been walking through the Bible. We started in the book of Genesis in September. and We just finished up the life of Jesus walking through the Gospels, the four Gospels. And this morning, we're starting in the book of Acts. And so this is a great Sunday to be here. And we're looking at, in the book of Acts, just like the Gospels talk about the life of Jesus, and they walk through um, what Jesus did while he was here on the earth, all of the miracles and the healings and everything that took place. The book of Acts focuses in on the work of God's Spirit. And how God has given his spirit to the early church and how um, through the work of the spirit, people's lives were changed. It went from just being from a few group of people in Jerusalem to spreading all around the world and how the church was established through the work of God's spirit. And so we're going to spend the next few weeks just looking at this, looking at what God's spirit is doing in the life of these early believers. And then what does that mean for us 2000 years later? How is this still affecting us and changing us and shaping who we are? And so it's going to be a great few weeks, and I want to encourage you, don't miss out on any of these weeks. And as we walk through this this morning, as we kind of start this off, I want to just um, highlight two things before we jump into the message this morning. I love this about our church. When I look around this room, I know many of you, we all come from different backgrounds. And there are some of you in this room that you didn't grow up in church. Like maybe you went a few times with a family member, but you, you, know, you didn't spend a lot of time growing up in church. And so you may be newer to the whole church experience. And then there are others of you um, that are, you've been in church for a while, but maybe you come from different backgrounds, different denominations that are here. And so I want to make sure that we're all on the same page as we begin to talk about the work of God's spirit and what this means for us. Now, as we jump into this, there may be some of you that are like, hey, I get the Jesus thing, right? Like God wrapped himself up in flesh and he gave himself. I I can kind of understand that. He lived as a man. You know, he slept, he ate, he did all of the things that we do as humans. But I don't really get God's spirit. Like that part is confusing to me. And so let me do my best to just kind of quickly explain this. When we talk about this, you know, God the Father and then Jesus as the Son and then the Spirit, what we're talking about is this thing that Christians have wrestled with for thousands of years. And so if you're struggling with this um, concept, you're not, it's not just you, okay, we all wrestle through this. And it's this Christian doctrine called the Trinity. And what we believe is that we serve one God, okay, we worship one God who has demonstrated himself in three persons, okay? So it's not three different gods that we as Christians worship. We worship one God who's demonstrated himself in three persons. 
And, and these persons, they have existed throughout all eternity. So it's not like one started off and he created two more. They've existed together throughout all eternity. They're equally powerful. And there's this unity, hence the word Trinity, um, three kind of united together. So Trinity, that there's this unity within the Godhead of, of what he's doing and how he's operating. And so that's how we understand. Once again, I know it's kind of difficult to wrap your mind around that, but but we're looking at that, and it's not like God kind of changed throughout time where he started off as the Father and then became the Son, and now he's the Spirit, okay? It's not a shape-shifting type thing that we believe in. We believe that they have all existed and that they're working together um, throughout history and throughout mankind to bring salvation and redemption to us. And so that's what we're looking at as we talk about God's Spirit, that he's given us his Spirit to work in us. Others of you, maybe you started off and you've been in church, but you come from different church backgrounds. And I know that there's some of you, as I've talked to you, that you were like, hey, we, we get the Jesus thing, but we've been taught that God's spirit really isn't for us. Okay, like that was something that happened back in the Bible, but the church that I grew up in, they, they kind of taught us, you know, that that was something that happened then, but, but we don't really do that now. Okay, that's not something that Christians do now. But, but once again, we have said we want to be a church where scripture shapes our life. And there's no point in which you read the Bible that Jesus said, hey, I'm going to give you my spirit, but just for a little bit, okay? Like, I'm going to give him to you, and then he's going to go away, and you're going to be on your own. Or, hey, I'm going to do this just for a little bit, and then once the church kind of gets started, and, and you get things going, and then you're just going to have to kind of work it out by yourselves. That's nowhere in the Bible. But it is in the Bible that he said he's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And in one passage here in the book of Acts, it even says this, that it's for you, it's for your children, it's for your grandchildren, it's for those that are near and for those that are far off. And so there's this prophecy that God has given that it's not just for a select few, this is for anyone who will call upon the name of Jesus. And so it's not just something that happened in the Bible and now it doesn't really apply to us. This is something that God wants for each and every one of us that follow after him. And we're going to look at this this morning. And so I want you to understand that, that, that as we're talking God's spirit, it, it's a gift that's given to us. And it's for us today. So let me just start by praying for us this morning that God over the next few weeks would just work in our hearts as we open up his word and that maybe we would see new things that we haven't seen before that he wants to speak to us. So let's pray together. God, I thank you for your spirit. Lord, I thank you that you didn't just leave us by yourselves, Lord, but you gave us the gift of your spirit. And Lord, for those that, God, we would say, hey, we don't really understand how you work together in the Godhead and in the Trinity. Lord, help our hearts to be open, God, to receive all that you have for us. For those that maybe we come from church backgrounds, God, where we were told, hey, the Spirit doesn't really apply to us. Help our hearts to be open, God, and just to understand what it is that you are saying in your word and that that would shape us and change us. God, help this morning your word to be not just informational, but transformational, Lord, and it would change the way that we live this week and how we interact with you, God. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Well, many of you may know this about me, but I am an Apple fan. And I'm not talking about the fruit that you eat, okay? I'm talking about like a computer devices. And so if you're around me, you'll see I have an iPhone. I, I always get the new iPhone usually when it comes out. I always try to upgrade. I have an iPad that I preach from every week. If you're here, you'll see I have a Mac computer that I use. And so when they came out with the Apple Watch, I thought, man, I need one of those. Um, 
but they were so expensive, I thought, how can I pay that much for a watch? Like, that seems kind of unreasonable. But I really wanted one because anything that Apple does, I, I think, man, I, I've got to have that. I really love their products. And so um, I actually got one. This was kind of a gift um, last November that, that someone had given us, and I was able to get one. And I love it. It tracks my swimming. Like, when I work out, it shows um, the distance that I swam, and I'm trying to increase it. And so I, I really love it. But the staff laughs at me a lot during the week because I'll wear this almost every single day but it's hardly ever charged. And so, you know, they'll look at me, hey, Aaron, what time is it? And I'll go to click it, and it's just a black screen, okay? I did charge it last night. I did remember. But I'll wear this for days, you guys. I'll get up day in and day out, right? I'll put it on in the morning, and I'll think, hey, I'll stop at some point when I get to the office, and I'll plug it in, and I'll actually charge it. And then two or three days will go by, and I'll realize I've worn this every single day, and yet it's not doing anything. It's not tracking my activity. It's not reminding me. You know, it's not popping up and reminding me of what's on my calendar. Like, it's not alerting me of my to-do list. It's just a nice decoration there on my wrist. That, that's all it's really doing. It's a really expensive piece of jewelry is all I, all I have there. And, and it frustrates me, but so many times I forget to, you know, kind of charge it and, and repower it up so that it's actually useful. And so many of us, this is how we're living our Christian lives. Is we're, we've got the name of Christian, and, and we've accepted Jesus in our life, but we're missing the power to actually live this overcoming, powerful life that God has for us. And if you're taking notes, that's what I want to talk to you about this morning, that God, he has given us a powerful gift for a power-filled life. God has given us a powerful gift for a power-filled life life. That's how God wants us to live. And we're going to see this this morning as we look at the scripture. So if you have your Bibles this morning, turn to the book of Acts, Acts chapter one, and we're going to start at verse six. And if you don't have a Bible, you didn't bring one, that's totally okay. There's one in the seat in front of you. And I want to encourage you take that out and turn to page 530, maybe one or two seats over, but take that out, follow along with us or take your smartphone out and just Google Acts chapter one, and you can follow along with us. And and this is after Jesus has died and been resurrected. And the book of Acts kind of picks up right where the gospels left off, right where the life of Jesus ended, the four gospels. And it begins to tell us about how Jesus, the last few moments that he had here on earth before he ascended into heaven, and then the work of God's spirit to spread the good news, to spread what Jesus did, the salvation of God all around the world. And so we see this in Acts chapter 1. This is right before Jesus ascends into heaven, and this is what it says. In verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked him, this is the disciples, the group of followers talking to Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of heaven or of Israel? And so he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of of the earth. If you have that Bible there or your smartphone, just highlight that. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. A powerful gift for a power-filled life. What's happening here? The disciples are freaking out, and they're like, Jesus, you did it. This is so amazing. Like, you came, you're the Messiah, you're the Savior of God to the world, and, and you've overcome. And the Jewish people, they had this mindset that one day God would send a Savior. And that Savior would reestablish a throne in Israel, would set up kind of this kingdom, and he would become a political ruler. And during this time, they thought, okay, that Savior's going to kick out the Roman Empire. I mean, 
who wants to follow Caesar, and so he's going to kick them out of Israel. He's going to kick out any wicked kings that are ruling in Israel. And now this Savior or this Messiah is going to establish a physical reign, and he's going to be like King David of old, and he's going to make things good again. And so what do the disciples think? Well, they think, that's you, Jesus. Like the Roman, they tried to kill you. The Romans tried to kill you. Herod was a part of that. And Jesus, nothing could stop you. Who's going to stand against you? What army is going to come against you? Because they can't even kill you. So are you going to now establish that political kind of throne? Is is that what you're going to do now? And he said, no, that's not what's going to happen. There's so much going on in this one verse because they think it's just about them. Like, hey, you're going to restore kind of God's kingdom to the Jewish people. And he's saying, no, this is... This is going worldwide now. This is going to spread. And it's not just going to spread through me. It's not just me being here on the earth. I'm actually going to go away, but I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to give you this gift. And I'm leaving you with my spirit. I'm giving you my spirit so that even after, the, even after I'm gone, when my spirit comes upon you, when you receive this gift, all of a sudden there's going to be this new power there in your life. And you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to take this to even other nations and other languages. And people all around the world are going to hear about my salvation and my redemption because of what's happening. He's like, I'm not here to establish some kind of earthly kingdom. I'm here to establish my kingdom in the hearts and the lives of people. And it's not just going to be me now. It's going to be you. I want to use each and every one of you to spread this all throughout the world. And so that's what Jesus is trying to help them to understand. I've got a powerful gift for you for a power-filled life. I'm giving you the gift of my spirit. Now, if you've been reading through the Gospels and, and if you've read them before, you may stop at this point in the story and say, wait, what's going on here? They already have the gift of God's spirit, right? Like if you've read the end of John, just even a few pages earlier in your Bible, in John chapter 20, if you flip back a few pages, Jesus walks in after he has died and after he's been resurrected with the disciples. And they're there and they're kind of panicked. They don't know what's going to happen. They know Jesus has died. They know he's been resurrected, but they're not for sure what the future holds. And Jesus walks into that room and he breathes on them. And he says, receive the spirit, receive my spirit. And so in that moment, They receive it. All of us have received God's spirit if you've come to Jesus and you've accepted him. If you've ever come to the place to say, God, my life is messed up. My life is jacked up, God. I'm a sinner and I'm desperately in need of your grace. At that moment where you admit that you're a sinner and you ask for God to come in, the word of God says that you receive the spirit of God. Paul says this in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 20. He says, hey, all of us have a seal. It's like God places his spirit as a stamp over our life. And it's that spirit that reminds us, you and I, we're not slaves in the kingdom of God, but we're sons and daughters. Each one of us have that spirit living inside of us. And and it's what actually cries out inside of us that God is our father, that he's a dad, that he's this heavenly daddy to us and that we have received his spirit as this sign of sonship of this sign that we are the daughters of God, that God has placed his spirit in us. So what is this that Jesus is talking about? He's saying, hey, you've received the spirit, but I have more for you. There's actually more that I want to give you, not just my spirit as a seal over your life. I want him to overflow. When he's come upon you, then you're going to receive power that you have not experienced before, and you're going to be able to be my witness. And so if you've ever had those moments in your life where you're thinking, man, I need more. I'm a Christian and I'm following God, but it seems like something's lacking. It's because there is. There is something lacking in our lives. We need more of God's spirit and we need to be filled every single day. This is the gift that Christ has given us in in our lives that we would be overflowing with God's spirit. And so I want to give you a visual of this. 
And, and I've done this before, so some of you may remember this, but others of you, maybe you're new. And so this is what happens in our lives, okay? That we come, as I mentioned, we come and we, we pray, God, I desperately need you in our lives, right? And God places his spirit. There's some water here in this jar. I don't know if you can see it because it's clear there. But there's some water here in this jar, and God places his spirit in our life. And then we begin to live, right? We begin to live as Christians, and then what happens as you're living life, right? People bump into you. Have you ever had that happen, right? That jerk at the office, they say something, and it just kind of shakes you the wrong way, right? Or your wife. You, you guys get in an argument right before you're coming to church. The kids do something, right? Something happens with your kids. You go out to the mailbox, and there's some medical bill that you weren't expecting, right? And life just kind of shakes you. And now all of a sudden, you don't have as much of God's spirit in you as when you started a few days earlier because life just happens, right? And things shake us up. And so what does Jesus say? Hey, I've given you my spirit as a seal in your life, but I've got more for you, church. I've got more for you. And this is how he gives us this picture. He says, hey, I want to take my spirit and I want him to come upon you and I want it to overflow. I hope all of this is going in the tub here, you guys. But that's what he says is, hey, I, I want it to overflow in your life. So this is what happens is you come and you ask for God's spirit. God, you said you have more. I want more of your spirit. I want this gift that's talked about in the book of Acts. Lord, you said that I would receive power and you go into the workplace. And now all of a sudden, it's not just you living with the spirit of God, but other people. It's overflowing from your life. And that person at work, that person in your family, that person in the office, they're experiencing it. It's not just a little bit in your life anymore, but it's overflowing to other people that are around you, to your neighbor, to those other people that you interact with, to that person at the grocery store. God said, hey, I want it to overflow in every single part of your life. That's what I want to do is I want to give you the gift of my spirit. And that's the imagery that he gives us is that when the spirit of God comes upon you, it's going to overflow. You're going to be filled and as life begins to happen, you're constantly being filled with more and more of the Spirit. It's this power to live as a witness. It's this power that in difficult situations, in hard times, whenever you're facing things that used to break you and that used to tear you down, the power of God is living inside of you. This gift of God's Spirit that you're bearing witness that this isn't all that there is, that there's salvation and there's redemption and there's hope. Even in those darkest moments, God has given you His Spirit and He said, hey, I want to fill you up no matter what you're facing that you're overflowing and that you're my witness you're the witness to people at work you're the witness to people all around you that i am alive and i am active and i am working inside of the life of my people see that's what he wants to do for us church he wants to overflow in every single part of our life with the work of his spirit let me move this right back here and that's what god wants to do and why doesn't he just do that at salvation? Like why just from the moment doesn't he just pour everything into us? Because there's something that happens in the process. As you continue to read this, Jesus says, hey, you're going to have to wait for this. You're going to have to seek after this. 
You're going to have to pursue me in this. And, and as you do that, as you wait, and they ended up waiting 10 days, praying and seeking the face of God, and God began to fill them. God filled up their life. And as you continue through the book of Acts, we're going to see this. It wasn't just one time, but over and over again, as they're praying, as they're seeking the face of God, as they're spending time with God, he's filling them. He's refilling them. He's constantly pouring into them. And now there's this new boldness that they didn't have a few chapters ago. There's something new happening in their lives as God fills them up and as they're overflowing. See, there's something that happens in the process. A powerful gift for a power-filled life takes time. It takes time. It's you and I. It's, it's us seeking. And we want these microwave prayers that do everything. We want these quick moments of us waking up in the morning saying, okay, God, be with me today. Help me at work, Lord. Help me to get the stuff done that I need to. God, take care of everything. Protect me, God. Work in my finances. And then we're out the door. And Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to wait. I want you to take some time and to really seek after me. This isn't an instant thing. Sometimes if we're pretty empty and if we're pretty dry, it takes a little bit of time to fill us back up, church. And there's something that happens in that process of just waiting and spending time in the presence of God that his spirit begins to fill us and what begins to happen in our life. See, it's a powerful gift for a power-filled life. And sometimes it takes time as God is working in us. And so I want to ask you, are you waiting? Are you seeking for all that he has for you? Are you saying, God, if you have more, I want that more in my life, Lord. I want everything that you want for me, God. And I want you to constantly fill me up, not just one time at an altar, God, not just a few years back, but God, that you're constantly filling my life, Lord. And so every day I'm coming to him and I'm seeking after him saying, God, fill me up. Life has a way of draining me. God, life has a way of shaking me, Lord. But God, today I want to be filled with your spirit. God, I want to be filled with your presence. God, I want the power that you have for me to live for you today. God, I want that to be real and I want that to be present in my life. Church, are you waiting for him? Are you asking for that gift that he said, hey, I want to give you a powerful gift for a power-filled life? And, and why does he give us that? It says this in verse eight, if you still have your Bibles open, you can look there. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We just talked about that, how God's spirit fills us, how he comes upon us. And then this, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth, to the end of the earth. The disciples are saying, hey, Jesus, you're going to establish your kingdom like right here, right now, like God, you're going to restore this to us. And he's saying, hey, it's not just for you. This is for everyone. I'm giving you my power so that you can live as a witness to that person that you work with, to that neighbor that you're around, to that family member that you've talked to over and over and over and over again, and you're thinking they just don't get it. I'm giving you my spirit because he's going to give you power. He's going to give you the words. He's going to give you the boldness. You're going to be able to live that out in front of other people. So this is a gift to you. And it's not just going to stay with you. It's going to spread to the end of the earth. And how do so many of us treat God's gift? Well, this is what many of us do in the church and as surrounding the church, this is what we do is God walks up to us and he gives us a gift. And we're like, for me, God? And he's like, yeah, for you. And you're like, thank you. That is so amazing. And so we, we start to receive this gift and we get it in our hands. And this is what many of us do. We look at God and we say, wait a minute, God, why are there stripes on this? Like that looks a little, little weird, doesn't it? Right? 
And why did someone curl that bow? Like, what's up with that? Like, what's going on with that? And why is part of it beige? Why isn't it blue? Like, why isn't it yellow? Why isn't it more bright colors? Like, like why is it like this? See, so many of us, we get the gift of God's spirit. We hear about it in a service like this. And we start asking questions. Wait, God's spirit? Is that that weird tongue saying where you pray in a different language? Is that what it is? Or like, hey, is that where people like prophesy and, and God tells them that they're supposed to go talk to someone else and, and tell them, is, is that where God tells me to go pray for someone that's sick? Because I don't want to do that. Like, I don't know if I pray for them. Like, I don't have a lot of faith and I don't know if they're going to be healed. Like, like, is that what God's spirit is? And this is what we do. Many of us, we see the gift that God has given us and we say, no, thanks. I just don't know if I like the wrapping on it. It just seems a little weird, God. Like, I don't, I don't know why you did it like that, right? You, you should have done it differently. It should have been like this. And instead of just saying, man, you gave me a gift, God, you have more for me, and I want to receive that, we start critiquing all of the wrapping, and we set down the power of God. We live powerless lives. We say, no, thanks, God. I, I don't understand that. I don't get why you did it like that. That's not really for me. That, that must be for someone else. No, he said, this is a gift for everyone. And he's telling us you need this power in your life. Stop getting caught up in the wrapping. Stop getting caught up in how it's packaged and just receive the gift and receive the power that I have for you because you're going to need it in your life to spread this all around the world, to live as a Christian, to be my witness to people that need to hear this. Don't get caught up on the wrapping, church. And that's what many of us do. That's what so many other churches that, that we fall into that trap is we don't understand what's going on in the book of Acts with people being healed and people speaking in other languages and God's spirit praying through us. Like we don't get that. And so we set down the gift and we say, no, thanks. I don't understand it. And we miss out on the gift that God has given us, a powerful gift for a power-filled life. And we wonder, man, why don't I experience more? Why doesn't my life look more like the Bible? It's because we've said no thanks. We couldn't get past the wrapping. Can I tell you what others of us do? We take this gift. Man, look at this. This is so awesome. God has given me a gift, and, and we open it up, right? We, we, we want to tear this open, and, and we're looking inside of this. Man, this is so amazing. Man, they wrapped this thing really good, okay? And, and we're looking at this, like, and, we, and we look at the gift, and then this is what we do. Man, look at this. This is so amazing, you guys. Do you see how it kind of glistens right there, right? Oh, man. Does this tie make me look good, right? Look at the little ribbons right there, right? Or it can be a bow on my hair. Like, like this is what we do. God has given us a gift, and we're caught up in this. Oh, I can speak in other tongues. Man, look at how strong of a Christian I am. I can prophesy and tell other people what God... Man, doesn't that make me look really good and really spiritual? We've become obsessed with the wrapping. And God says, this isn't the gift, church. This is not what I've given you. I gave you my spirit to live inside of you, to overflow, that when you're around other people that, and they bump into you, that my spirit's going to overflow and it's going to pour into other parts of your life. And so many times as a church, we've gotten caught up on the wrapping paper and we've set down the gift. Instead of living a powerful life, we're obsessed with the manifestations or the demonstrations of God's spirit and we're missing out on what he really gave us. And church, that's what we do so many times. And we, the same way, we think we're living a powerful life. And we're just holding wrapping paper in our hands. When he said, wait, I've got a gift for you. I've got a gift for you, church. 
And don't get caught up on the wrapping. Don't put down the gift and get obsessed with what it looks like, either good or bad, but receive the gift that I have for you because it's going to mean power in your life. It's going to mean when you get around that person and they're sharing, hey, I'm going through a divorce and you're thinking I don't have the words to say, that my spirit's going to lead you. It means when you're facing that person and they're sick and you're thinking, I can't do anything, I'm going to pray through you. It means when you don't know what to say, that my spirit is going to teach you what to say and what to speak and how to pray. That's the gift that I have for you, that you're going to be a witness no matter where you go, church. And Jesus is looking at his disciples and they don't know it yet, but he knows you need a powerful gift for a power-filled life. You need this. Because just a few decades later, these men that are standing in front of him, they're going to be in Rome, and they're going to be in front of Caesar. And this word witness literally meant to lay down your life. It meant to be a martyr. It meant to die for what Jesus was talking about, for his kingdom. And they're going to stand in front of Caesar, and he's going to say, either you declare that Caesar is Lord, or you're going to die. You stop telling me that Jesus is Lord, and you begin to declare Caesar is Lord. You recant being a Christian, or you're going to die. And Christian after Christian, by the hundreds and the thousands, are lit on fire, are burned. There are those that are wrapped in animal skin and tossed in the Colosseum, and lions are let loose on them while thousands. How do you live as a Christian in that kind of environment? You need power. You need power, church. Jesus is standing there. They don't know what they're going to face in a few decades, but he's telling them, you can't do that in human strength. You can't do that on your own. You can't do that in your own ability. It's going to cost you your life, and you're going to need something more than just what is inside of you right now. You're going to need my spirit to overflow into every part of you. Now, see, you and I, we don't live in that kind of environment, right? We're not in a country where we're persecuted for our faith. We're not in a country where we're tortured and where we're told we can't be Christians. But we're in a similar place where we need the power of God. See, we live in a culture that's opposed to Christianity. We live in a culture that says, hey, I love the truth of the gospel, or I love the, the love of the gospel, but that reject the truth of the gospel. We live in a place that wants the grace of Jesus without the righteousness of Jesus. We live in a culture that wants God to be all accepting and loving and forgiving, but does not want to live according to God's plan or according to God's will in their life. See, we live in a place where we need more power than just what we have in our own lives. And you and I, if we're truly going to be a witness, if we're going to lay down our wants and our desires and our dreams, we need something a little bit more than what we have, church. And for that, God says, hey, I've got a gift for you. I've got a gift got something I want to give you in your life so that when you're around other people, you're not just relying on your own strength, but you're relying on the power of my spirit to fill you. And I'm telling you, when you wait, when you pray, when you seek after me, when you ask for that gift, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be able to be my witness. You're going to have words that aren't your own. You're going to see me do things through your life. It wasn't just about what Jesus did anymore wasn't about just one man. He said, hey, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh to anyone who will receive it. And now you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to represent Jesus. You're going to represent the gospel to the entire world. See, church, we need a powerful gift for a power-filled life. It's what we need inside of us. And I want us to respond in this way this morning is we're going to spend a little bit of time just seeking after God. 
And you may be here this morning and you may say, Aaron, you talked about that seal of God's spirit, kind of that stamp that we're God, we belong to him. And I've never taken that first step. And if that's you, you're here this morning and you're saying, hey, I know my relationship with God is broken, that I'm not following after him. I've turned and I've walked away and I'm doing my own thing, but I want that. In a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance when our prayer team comes forward just to come and to ask one of them to pray with you that you could take that first step of starting your relationship with God. And then for all of us in this room, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been serving God for a little bit, we wanna spend some time this morning just praying, just asking for this gift that he said he wants to give us. And I wanna tell you this, I know some of you, you come from church backgrounds where it's easy to get caught up in the wrapping paper. And I'm gonna ask that you don't do that this morning. You don't get caught up in outside demonstrations or what you, maybe you've read about in the book of Acts, but this morning you actually just seek after the gift and what he has for you. And what he wants to do is he fills you this morning to overflowing so that out of your life would overflow God's spirit to other people around you. And so we're just going to create some space in this room as the worship team leads us in a moment. We're going to create some space and just spend some time. And I'm not telling you how long to pray. It's just however long you feel is necessary to seek the face of God. So I'm going to ask our prayer team to come this morning. If you're here, I want you to come this morning if you're helping us out. And once again, if you're saying, hey, I need that relationship with God, I don't have it, or I, I want someone to pray with me, just what you're talking about, Aaron, that I would be filled. If, if you want that in a moment, I'm going to ask you to come. There may be others of you that you're like, hey, I, I don't know that I want someone to pray with me, but I just want to spend time. And to you, this stage is open. You can come around the corners here. You can kneel. You can bow down. You can stand, whatever you want to do. If you want to just bow your head right there at your seats, you can do that. But there's going to be no formal dismissal this morning. I'm not going to come back up here and, and tell you, hey, you can leave now. But just, I want to encourage you, just spend a few minutes. It can be two minutes. It can be five. It can be ten minutes. We're not in a hurry this morning. But we just want to seek after the gift of God. We want to seek God's gift and say, God, whatever you have for me, Lord, whatever you want to do, I want all of it, Lord, this morning. I want everything, God, that you want for me, Lord. I don't want you to hold back, but I want your gift, God. I want that power to be present in my life. So church, I'm just going to ask that we do that. And then whenever you're done praying, you can be dismissed. Once again, if you want to pray with our prayer team, you can come up here. You can ask for prayer. You can pray around the stage. You can pray at your seats. But let's just seek God for the next few minutes. And then when you're done, you can be dismissed this morning.